Welcome to ConX, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Uh, today, I'm on with Patrick Blair, and uh, rather than me uh, talk about Patrick, I'd rather Patrick talk about Patrick. So, uh, Patrick, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell about your tell us about your company um, and uh, kind of your history and 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 that. So, we're interested. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Um, I, uh, my name is Patrick Blair. I'm the president and owner of Cherry Creek Recycling out of Denver, Colorado. Um, we are a, uh, full service demolition contractor, um, in business. This is our 11th year in business. Uh, I have a, uh, construction management background degree from Colorado State University. Um, but uh, kind of kind of the start, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, um, went to a tiny little private K through 12 school where my father was the headmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a stay at home mom. Um, I got a uh, I got a scholarship to play football at Butler University um, and blew my knee out uh, early on in my in my college career. And the doctor said, you're not, you're, you're not going to play on this again. You better find something else to do. Uh, and, and Butler being a small liberal arts college that everybody knows for their basketball. Uh, I thought, you know, boy, that that was my world. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished out my freshman year and took a, uh, took a semester off and uh, did a couple of mission trips to Ethiopia, Africa. Um, oh, that's interesting. Through my, yeah, through my high school girlfriend's father, he was a uh, cardiologist, and so they were medical missions. And I, of course, didn't know anything about anything, uh, being 19 years old. So I built kish- kitchens for refugees um, in the uh, in the little kind of slums of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Um, it was called Mechaniza. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, really kind of reset my, uh, my outlook on life, my focus, um, priorities, you know, these kind of working day in and day out with these people who have absolutely nothing. Third mm-hmm. world doesn't even begin to describe, uh, what, what these folks go through, you know, their kitchens are made of cow dung floors, mud walls, and a tin roof, oh, um, wow. made out of eucalyptus. Um, the, the structure out of eucalyptus trees, uh, and they they give you the shirt off their back, um, you know, feed, feeding us and and putting us up. We stayed at the All African Leprosy Clinic, uh, where, you know, you get to you, you get to meet some of these some of these people. Leprosy is still a uh, still a problem in the in the world, which I didn't know. It's been mostly eradicated uh, everywhere I'd ever been. Um, but to see a, you know, five-year-old kid lying in bed without any fingers or toes and the doctor just kind of slapping his, his stubs and saying, this is what leprosy is. You can't feel anything and it eats the nerve endings and, and everything just starts falling off. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it, it was a, it was an eye-opening experience. So I got back from, from, from the first trip, um, and had decided that uh, 
I wanted to wanted to, to go into something that was not sitting behind a desk all day. Um, I I enjoyed the outdoors. I enjoyed uh, you know kind of the the freedom to move around. And my parents had suggested uh, construction management as, as educators. They 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 kind of pushed me that direction. Um, and so I was accepted to several programs uh and at the time colorado state university um was the number one program in the nation or at least they 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 boasted to be well they they Uh, they, they, they still are a really good program are they still yes okay um i i haven't been back there in in quite a while uh but uh all my credits transferred from butler and so that made the most sense was to uh to 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 go start as a sophomore at at csu um in the construction management program and i graduated in 2006 uh and went to work for a small demolition contractor in denver um he hired me to be his estimator project manager business developer um laborer operator uh, you know whatever whatever i could fill the seat he he'd have me do um he had probably eight or nine employees and uh we grew that business from about a million dollars a year in demo to three million dollars a year in demo um tearing bridges down uh water plants water treatment plants those sorts of things all over colorado wyoming and new mexico uh, and the uh, then the the big crash happened there in 2008, and um, all the general contractors stopped subbing out work. Mm-hmm. And so we we atrophied down to basically me and him and maybe one other guy, uh, and and just did piecemeal work here and there. Um, at stupid low prices and and everybody knows that's not that's not the way to stay in business so reading the writing on the wall I walked across the street to the the local scrapyard uh, and got a job um, as their mobile operations manager tearing down uh, semi van trailers all over the country and kind of gutting warehouse buildings um and and doing doing kind of oddball jobs uh for the for the scrap company and then they landed the east bank of the northrop grumman shipyard in pascagoula mississippi uh the the demolition after katrina there in 2010 and they put me on that as their mobile operations manager um and we assisted the contractor the demo contractor they put everything on the ground and at that point we took ownership of the material and sorted separated and acted basically as an on-site scrapyard on a 177 acre project um shipping scrap all over the world um loading shipping containers at the time, it was cheaper to send, and it still may be cheaper to send kind of contaminated copper and aluminum and uh, different non-ferrous types to Asia, have them take it apart and ship it back to us separated. Um, so well, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, they built the submarines on the east bank, um, and the uh, the west bank was all, you know, cutter class coast guard ships and navy warships, and it, it was a it was a really interesting and fun project, and I kind of I I, I gained a lot of a lot of knowledge there um and that's where i came up with cherry creek recycling when we got done with that project i was promptly handed my 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 walking papers mm-hmm. um and i said well i'm gonna uh, if, if if you don't care i'm gonna do what we did uh full time for myself um and i i you know i wanted to be kind of an on-site scrap recycling company um hence Cherry Creek Recycling, and I went back to Colorado to all the all the folks that uh, that, that knew me from my demo days a, a, a few years previous. We were climbing out of the recession, and uh, things were starting to starting to get a little better. And the response I got was, "Pat, why don't you just quote us the demo, man? Like, you know, we'd <laughs> love to have you come do scrap, but we'd really love to have you come do the demo." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I joked that. My, my recycling company devolved back into demo. Um, and, and here we are 11 years later um, as, a, as a demolition company. Um, so. Well, that's the interesting, like, yeah. uh, you know, weaving through history. It sounds like, you know, you where you start is where you ended up, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's been, it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. Um, I've, I've had the unique experience of being a subcontractor and a general contractor, um, all all the way through this, this business, certainly. Um, and, and that has brought some, some challenges and some, some unique perspectives, certainly. Well, that's a, that's an interesting history, especially the, uh, I, I spent a lot of time in, uh, Gulfport, Mississippi when I was in the service. So Pascagoula okay. was right down the road from us and, uh, small, yeah, yeah. small world. And, uh, boy, uh, there was a lot of work to do, uh, after Katrina. <laughs> so it sure was, it oh, sure was. Yeah. Shoot. Um, yeah. well, um, so, you know, you discussed, uh, many things about how kind of your business model evolved here. Um, can you pinpoint one significant event that really shaped your business model today? I, I've got a couple of significant events, mm-hmm. Scott. Um, about a year into business, I was awarded a, a contract out on the Delaware coast um, over the Indian River Inlet. Uh, Anska was building the new cable stay bridge to replace uh, two two bridges side by side that were built in the in the 60s uh, in the Indian River Inlet which is one of the deadliest inlets uh, in North America take take lives all the time fishermen um, 20 knots of current in either direction with the tides uh, it's, it's a man-made inlet uh to to the to the to the sound back behind there um and so the the dot's uh design for the new one was a big cable stay monster that will be there for 150 years um Mm -hmm. to replace the third or fourth bridge that had just been utterly destroyed by the by the ocean and the current 
Um, and I was not the original contractor. I was actually the second one on site. The original contractor uh, bid off the plans and specs. The river was 15 feet deep. Uh, there were some strong currents, but, uh, you know, certainly doable with barges and a triple nine crane picking the thing down. Um, and the DOT after bid time said, you know, gosh, there's, there's a little more information you need to know. Uh, we made a mistake. The river's not 15 feet deep. It's 115 feet deep. Oh, wow. Um, and you're not budding barges into this river bottom. Uh, you're not budding barges into the, the river bank. Um, the scouring underneath the piers on these two structures. Uh, you can divers can swim swim underneath the tremi field between the between the piles. Um, so he promptly said, "Thanks, but no thanks. I'm I'm out." Um, and I went out through my engineering firm uh, to have a look and came up with a plan to set a 600 ton crane on either side of the river bank with. Uh, with, with, with ringer counterweight um, and pick this thing apart from the riverbank. And the general contractor thought, boy, that's a, you know, that's a great idea. We think that'll work. Um, so we spent the next couple of months designing um, a, a pick plan and a crane assembly and disassembly and, and, and how to do this thing. And we submitted it to the DOT and the, they, they promptly called a meeting um, and said, well, there's a little bit more information you need to know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the key wall that is depicted on the plans uh, either does not exist or has been, um, ha has been removed in places. We're not really sure. Uh, we, don't know, we don't know what's there. So we're afraid that when that 600-ton crane tows up with a hundred foot of girder weighing a thousand pounds a linear foot, you're going to put pressure on the river bank, and it's going to slough into the river. And they use the term catastrophic failure, which you know, in any engineering firm and any contractor worth their salt pricks up at catastrophic failure. Uh, and so we were stymied right, right from the bat. I'm under contract for a, for, for a $2 million um, bridge demolition. Um, and the DOT is saying, this is not a change in conditions. Best of luck to you. Uh, you're under contract. And me being young and dumb and ready to take on the world, I plowed ahead. Mm -hmm. um, and came up with a, a an idea that hit me in the middle of the night. We had, you know, this was kind of one of those collaborative efforts where no one wants to take responsibility, but everybody has an idea of how to do it. Uh, so, you know, what about helicopters picking picking girders off? Well, you know, at a thousand pounds a foot, that's going to take a take a minute with a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, um, <no> <laughs> Um, you know, what, what about coming in and, and trying to float this thing out, you know, in the 15 minutes of slack tide you have, 
uh, well, they're seven to 13 feet deep and it's going to take longer to longer to torch them than it is to the, 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 than you have in slack tide. So we were, I mean, we were just literally at a, at a standstill for months. Um, and the idea that hit me in the middle of the night was what about a reverse launch? So we proposed, um, five girder lines a piece. Each bridge was a thousand feet long side by side sitting on, uh, piers in the river and piers on the river bank and that abutment. So my engineering firm designed uh, a queen post system that went down each girder line um, because as this thing went into dynamic load, it wanted to become a, a, a wet noodle and kind mm -hmm. of fold and bend and, and fall in basically. So we erected queen posts uh, on each girder line um, in strategically placed locations on the, on the bridges. We cut each bridge, all, each of the five girder lines in the center. So 500, 500 feet, um, jacked it up, removed the, um, the, the bearings, pads, the rockers, those sorts of things, and welded, inverted Hillman rollers and welded those down to the piers and abutments, and then attached D8 bulldozers to a, to a beam that was welded across the, the front face where the, uh, where the abutment back wall used to be, and we reverse launched, we dragged 500 gross tons, 500 feet at a time, four times off the substructure and out over the um ab the abutment and the approach um well that's a major operation huh? so it's a it's a, it was a monster operation um and you know everybody when you when you when you went to the material suppliers and you went you want to do what <laughs> um you, you know you got a set of brass balls that I don't think this is going to work, but I'm happy to be a part of it. You know, that kind of small town attitude. Um, and so I, you know, I, anybody who's ever gotten a bulldozer stuck in the mud knows that, you know, an excavator hooking into the blade of the bulldozer can pull that dozer out of the mud. And so in the sand on the beach, I mean, we're literally on the beach. Um, in the sand, I had a couple of 349 excavators that we would get to a point when we rolled off that haunch and the weight of the bridge wasn't shoving those dozers anymore. Those excavators would come in and they'd start pulling as well. So you had D8s and 349s chained up to 500 foot of girder, um, five, five girders wide, um, 500 gross tons rolling this thing off on those low friction rollers um so you know that made the papers it made the news it was a it was a huge success um for the dot and the general contractor but little bitty cherry creek recycling had been told you're doing this for your original contract because it's not a change in condition and so for the next four years of my life i was in business to pay my lawyers to uh, battle out um, the change in conditions, which the DOT 
promptly denied. The general mm-hmm. contractor had nothing to do with it. They'd washed their hands of it. Uh, we get to arbitration, and of course, I'm <laughs> I'm awarded a multi-million dollar uh, win on a change in conditions clause, um, which both the DOT and the general contractor shared in. Uh, and so, in that time, I was able to kind of build my resume off the work we had done. Um, paid the paid the able to pay the lawyers, pay most of the bills that were that were owed off that project that that the original contract hadn't covered. Um, and so this multi million dollar settlement comes in, and it's like a rocket ship to the moon. I mean, we we're just taken off. We had run lean and mean, um, purchased some equipment uh, through that time, um, which was now paid off. And my little struggling business at about year five or year six, all of a sudden had cash in the bank, had equipment, had employees that had been through the, through the war with me. Um, and, and now we were kind of free to spread our wings a little bit and, and, and pursue some things that we wanted to. So, um, I, I was finally bondable, um, no longer a, uh, no, no longer a concern. And, uh, you know, that was that, that challenge kind of really honed, honed some skills and, and, um, forced us to pinch pennies and 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 do it probably in a way that most businesses don't have to do it um or 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 don't wouldn't wouldn't ever choose to do it certainly um so you know that 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 was a that that was a big big leaping off point um national attention i i certainly broadcast it to everybody i could think of um you know that 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 certainly not the win, but but the but the win on 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 accomplishing the uh, the, the demo was 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 a big deal for us. Well, you know, just going through that process, you had to have learned a lot. You know, not not just about your company, but how how working with a big organization like the government. You know, how do you contend with those things? And uh, um, you know, I you I wonder. I mean, what was their stance on that? It, you know, the whole change of conditions. That seems pretty, you know, uh, you know, pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> pretty That's obvious. What looking for exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure that we'll get into this a little bit later on. But what, what one of the one of the things that I have noticed in in my in my career now almost 20 years. Um, is that at the project level, they're answering to somebody who wants to know why all of this was missed. And, and very often it's not, it's not the project level that missed it. They're just the poor schmucks that have to deal with the myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and these DOTs are notorious for kind of cut and paste specifications, cut and paste plans. They're not they're not well thought out, um, and and they don't account for everything. And so I knew that I had won about two years before we actually won through the through the through the claims process with the Delaware DOT. 
you actually go in front of, of a board of DOT employees and you argue argue your case. Um, and so that happened about two years into the into the four year process. And we actually won our arbitration in that because their response was, we agree with you that this is a change in conditions. However, the general contractor knew about it. Um, so that didn't, it didn't help me at the, at the time, but that right there was an admission that my argument of a, 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 of a change was correct. They were just placing the blame somewhere else. Um, which is what they had done for for the two years it took us to tear that bridge down. Uh, wow. So it, it was par for the course. And, uh, you know, when we got there, the arbitrators actually sided more with the general contractor. They were they were responsible for a much smaller piece than the DOT. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it, it was certainly a. Uh, certainly an eye-opening experience and I learned I learned a lot I cut my teeth on that one um and and became it, it became a mantra for me know your contract mm. and, and I say it I say it all the time to my employees really anybody who will listen know your contract um that's how I got them it's, you know give the notice write the letters tell them Tell them it's a change, uh, and 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 don't give up. Um, just just keep on, keep on, and wait them out because in the end you you end up winning. Well, that's a, that's that's interesting. That uh, that's probably really great advice for anybody. Is and that had to have been pretty uh, mentally exhausting, having to go through all that for multiple different years. Um, you know, dealing with something like that and. Uh, would you say that that's probably the biggest sounds like that kind of changed the game for you in business i mean once uh you were properly compensated for the work you'd done that probably gave you a lot of opportunities to have before it did it, it gave me it, it gave me opportunities i i will i will say to that to that mental toughness scott um i'm irish uh I, which means i've got an irish temper um, but I also have an Irish iron will from my father that is unrelenting. Um, <laughs> I'm stubborn to a fault, uh, and and just through sheer grit and determination, I, I know I'm right. I know you're wrong, and I'm gonna prove it to you uh, if it if it breaks me in half. Um, and so, you know, oh, over over the last eleven years unfortunately more often than not i have to prove uh that my grit and determination is is stronger than 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 the adversary uh but you know yes it opened some doors i became a federal contractor um which presented a whole new set of problems which is is where you and i actually met um and ha and how we we came to know one another was um, after that settlement in Delaware, uh, I had an estimator who said, you know, let's, let's go after some federal work. Um, that can be really good. Um, and I took him at his, at his word and, uh, to, to say that it has been a learning experience, um, would be, would be an understatement. Um, well, my, my business has been for pushed to the brink again. Yeah. It has been, it has been pushed to the brink again. 
um, with delays and um, cancellations for convenience because the federal government is even worse about cut and paste specifications than than, than the DOTs. Um, and so we're in the middle of a uh, a, 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 a pretty big battle with uh, with with the Navy at the moment. Um, out here on a on a hundred million dollar IDIQ uh, in Southern California, that uh, you know we're we're starting to see some some cracks and some chinks in the armor, um, but we're three or four years into it, and I think I got another couple of years to go uh, before it's all settled out. Well, you know the the interesting thing about you know what you talk about is it, it is an extremely tasking mentally exhausting process uh but on the other side it's it really builds that mental toughness you need in order to operate within that theater it does it does you're you're correct um i i i i often wonder why it has to be so hard uh you, you can <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it it's point blank cut and dried you guys didn't tell me about this and your response of you should have assumed is completely unacceptable and and i can't wait to to get you into an arbitration room or a courtroom because you should have assumed is not a response to a contractor yeah i don't no assume joke. anything um if you didn't tell me it doesn't exist so uh but you gotta wait it out you gotta wait them out you gotta you gotta play the game and you, you just one foot in front of the other um and uh you know and, and you know you will we'll see on, in the end it'll work you hit on a very important topic of you know project administration is so important proper documentation i once had a student that said well how are we supposed to do our job if you're documenting everything and i told him well that's your job <laughs> you know right. i mean uh your project administration unfortunately seems to go by the wayside a lot of times and that's how you can stay, keep yourself uh, out of trouble and keep everybody in line it it is it, it is something it has been eye opening um you know as a business grows i was boots on the ground every day in delaware um i was the project administration i was the final decision i was the the hook and bull so to speak um i, I you know i've started a family since uh just don't want to be boots on the ground in the way that i was anymore mm -hmm. i'm i'm in a different phase of my life um and you know, made a a business decision based on uh, based on the way a a certain project was going to to hire employees to be QCs and superintendents and SSHOs. And uh, as you well know, I've gone back to um, to 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 spending the appropriate money um, to. To, to manage these projects with an outside firm um, because if you don't have the right team in place, it, it packs your lunch and it packs your lunch quickly. Yeah, um, and if you, if you got, if you got guys who are more concerned about their relationship with the, with the, with the entity you're working for than they are about the company that's signing the front of their check, it goes downhill fast, very quickly. So, um, well, it sounds like uh, in the in the past you've had some very challenging uh, circumstances. In the future, tell me about you know 
how you how you're preparing for the future what are some of your plans you know uh bigger picture five-year or ten-year plans tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are preparing for the future yeah so i'm at a bit of a crossroads right now um when i signed this idiq with the navy i had four offices uh hawaii california colorado and mississippi um given the struggles uh from from these four projects and the and the non-payments and the change in conditions and and just the the the, the general direction this thing has gone uh that has shrunk back down to one office um and I have a decision to make about whether I want to continue to uh, to, to pursue federal work um, or or demo work at all, mm-hmm. um, but have have made the decision that uh, I'm going to go back to my roots. Um, and about four years ago, I identified a, uh, a a niche in Colorado that exists in a lot of places around the country but does not exist in Colorado um, it's C&D recycling so construction and demolition debris mm-hmm. um, and I have been researching and touring and uh, and and becoming a member of the, the CDRA and, and those sorts of things for the last four years and have finally decided to get off my rear end and do it so Hopefully here um, we have our, our permit and uh, our, our design is complete and waiting on the county to issue permits. We're going to have the first C&D recycling facility in Colorado, um, which I plan to grow to three or four facilities over the next five to ten years. Um, so what is a facility like that? Sure. I, I, I've never been involved in something like that. What is that? What is a facility like that? Obviously, it's taking things apart, but what does that look like, you know, from your perspective? Yeah, so it's uh, it's state of the art these days. You know, I, I I don't know who some of your listeners are, but if if they're older, they're they're kind of familiar with a demolition site um, or or a construction site for that matter. Uh, a lot of kind of sorting and separating of commingled materials as you tear a building down or as you build a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what this facility does is we've got a giant tipping floor where a truck or a roll-off can comes in with materials off a job site. Uh, and we load them into a primary shredder on the front end, um, which brings all, sizes all of the material commingled to about three foot minus. And that shoots into a ballistor. Um, which then sorts and separates those commingled materials by size as well as 2D and 3D material. So you'll get your fines will drop through the ballister paddle. Uh, your 2Ds will be sorted and separated from your 3Ds, and those go out in two different directions onto picking lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and those picking lines are then assisted by magnets uh for for ferrous air magnets for light um and you have human beings picking wood concrete shingles tiles asphalt um kind of all the different commodities and i call them commodities because they they can be 
once they're once they're sorted and separated drywall um that they can be sold uh and and it is essentially landfill diversion um is is, is what we are trying to accomplish so that runs down a picking line. Uh, the employees pick off their their designated commodities mm-hmm. and drop them through a chute into bunkers below. Um, and then whatever is missed goes on to a new picking line, which is then sorted and separated by robots. So this literally can run if you if the employees go home at the end of the day. This facility can run 24 hours a day with the robots, and the robots just pick up what the employees are no longer picking, uh, or they're set during the day to pick things that the employees aren't picking. Um, so it is a it, it's landfill diversion. You can get lead lead certified, uh, and and they'll come in and do an audit of you for a year or two, um, and then what what we're finding is that these job sites are having to drop six or eight or 10 different bins, these construction sites, and they're sorting and separating their materials into the bins on the job sites. Well, you know, job sites are notoriously cramped for space. Yeah. Um, very often they're prevailing wage projects and, and you, you end up spending a small fortune um, to, lead certify your project or or even just be a you know be a human being and recycle um you, you, the, the, those projects end up end up getting kind of unnecessarily burdened with the with the sorting and separating uh on site and so this facility um does that for them and gets a lead generated ticket if it's a lead project or a you know a certification for every load that comes in this is how much was recycled um, and, uh, I think it's truthfully the wave of the future, um, roughly 50% of what crosses a landfill scale, um, in, in, in Colorado is C and D, uh, and we're looking to be able to achieve in the, in the nineties, uh, percentile for recycling for diversion. Wow. So. So this is this yeah, is probably no, it's, a, it's a big you gotta be a par- fairly significant facility in order to do what you discussed. It it is. We uh we we went through this process and and found out that you know to build the Taj Mahal with you know indoor kind of bolted down all of that was gonna be twenty some odd million dollars because Colorado likes to uh, burden their their businesses with all the upgrades for the for the site. So our tax our taxpayer dollars are just horribly mis, misappropriated. Um, and so to have a building, you got to plant a million dollars worth of trees and bushes. And you know to have a road, you got to put in a cul-de-sac for their fire lane to turn to to turn around. Uh, and the list goes on and on. So we finding that out revised this to an outdoor operation that is completely mobile and so our design of all of this equipment is either on tracks or skids uh or wheels and axles um and it's all 100 percent hook it to a truck or a loader and pull it off site put it on a truck and pull it off site there's no building just a canopy over the picking line um no hard infrastructure nothing um, pretty much just the tipping floor is, is, is the only hard surface 
that, that will be on the site. Um, and so it dropped our cost from 20 some odd million down to four to 5 million bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it made it, it, it made it a viable option. Um, cause we're, again, we're competing with landfill tipping fees and Colorado has, has notoriously low tip fees. So, um, you know, the inbound tip is, 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 is paying for a lot of the facility. So what's um, special about Colorado? And you mentioned it a little bit before. Uh, as far as, as far as what? As far as what's special about Colorado? Well, number one, what's special about Colorado? Okay. No, I'm just joking. But, well, uh, but uh, secondly, cause I grew up in New Mexico. So, uh, and there's nothing okay. special about New Mexico. I'm sorry, everybody that is from New Mexico, but that's the truth. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, the, uh, uh, in what you're doing is it, is it, is Colorado is what's makes that special? Is it just where home is or is there an opportunity there? That's kind of what I'm wondering. You mentioned something about like that. It's a good place to do something like this. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a good place only because there's not any, any competition, mm -hmm. um, for, for C and D, uh, you know, you go to California, there, there's a C and D facility on in every town, on every corner, um, Baltimore, Maryland, um, Washington, DC. I mean, you, you just go down the list of the places we've toured. They're everywhere. Um, I'll get a little crass for a second. Uh, what, what makes Colorado special, um, is the, the, the saying that you are officially a Colorado resident when you have peed on the continental divide knowing that both <laughs> Texas and California are downstream. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that makes Colorado special, I guess, if you, uh, if you have, if you have any strong, and then, and then you got that, you got the California. four corners there, you know, I mean, you do, so. you, you have the four corners. It's, it's a, it's, it's an outdoorsman's uh, heaven. You, you can be skiing in the, in the morning and, and trout fishing in the afternoon. Um, all the cliches, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes, it'll change. Um, four seasons in a day, 300 days of sunshine is probably not that much, but you know, it's, it's just, a it's a beautiful place on earth. Um, the woman I married has, has two boys, 10 and eight. Um, so obviously we're not going anywhere because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the other party has something to say about that. Um, <laughs> It's it, it, you know it's where I've it's where I've chosen to, uh, to 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 set down set down roots and um, I, you know we have a nine month old and um, I'm concerned about his education. I was afforded an incredible education, which opens the door uh, many doors for me. Um, and uh, you know Colorado is not a great place to get an education, um, but but we think we've we think we've found a, a a kind of a nice place to, to send them, which is going to afford them the kind of education they deserve. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a big little town. Um, Denver's a big town, um, but, but it's small enough that you can have your own kind of little community within it. Um, and in the contracting world, um, you know, for, for 16 years, I've been in, uh, I've, I've been in Colorado. Um, I know I've got, you know, 
every my Rolodex is full of every president and CEO in in Colorado. Um, and so creating a facility that they will all use kind of made sense to, uh, to, to, to be able to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I've got, I've got this opportunity for you to, you know, maximize your, your profits um, by, you know, by getting rid of a headache basically. So, so where, where are you located? Are you more towards the center of the state? Uh, we're in Brighton, which is just outside Denver. 136 okay. and I-25, basically. Well, I was going to say, um, I, I, so, I used to play football. We used to go up to Durango and play football. We always got beat, but but we uh, um, uh, Durango <laughs> Durango is definitely a nice place, too. You know, a little different than sure. around where you're at, you know. So, um, yeah. So, uh, beautiful, beautiful country. I uh, kind of changing gears here a little bit. You, you described a few things about your your persistence and some of your personal traits. Uh, we do have a group of people that are younger uh, that that listen to this podcast that uh, are you know striving or th- you know want to own a business someday, maybe be in middle management, maybe younger. And what I used to always ask when I was younger is when I found somebody who was uh, successful, is I'd I'd ask them. Well, what skills and abilities did you bring to the table that have helped you in the business world? So I'm asking you you that exact same question. Sure. I um I I should say I did. I mean, maybe maybe the the, the listeners were able to glean. I I started this business with my entire life savings, thirty five thousand dollars when I was twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to turn thirty nine, so I, I don't. I don't know what you consider old and what you consider young, but I'd say I'm 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 not even to the 60s, the 1960s over the hill age yet. So <laughs> I'd like to well, like to just put that in there that I that I consider myself to be a young entrepreneur as well. Um, I, I think uh, obviously mental toughness, um, an iron will, um, a, a a a work ethic that that does not quit um all things that were that, that were instilled in me as a child i grew up in a house where you, you know the the end result was not as important as the work that went into it mm-hmm. um so if i got a c on a test uh you know the question would be do you feel like you prepared hard enough for that test um it, 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 i it, after I blew my knee out in college, I, I it, it was all I could do to get D's and C's for, mm-hmm. for my second semester, my freshman. I mean, it just, I, I was depressed. I was demoralized. I was, I, I was done. I didn't know what I was going to do. Football was my, was my reality, my world, my life. Um, and, and so, you know, kind of coming out of that freshman year, I, I remember my mom and dad saying to me, we're we're proud of you we know you worked hard to uh you know to to make it through um and and did not fail out um and so i I would say that those those traits are are you're going to be successful no matter what you do so long as you're the first one at work and the last one to leave um and and you and you work every day uh, and, and you're not afraid to work, work holidays and, 
and Saturdays and Sundays and your birthday and all of that. That's that's what it takes to, to succeed because nobody gives two hoots about you so long as once your once your job for them has been has has been fulfilled, um, and, and you got to work to make sure that you that, that that you survive to the next one. Um, I I know that you're you're probably familiar, Scott. I Q E Q C Q. You're born with your IQ. There's not a lot you can do about that. So, you know, I, I won't touch too, too, too much on that. But I'm a firm believer that, that emotional um, quality and communicative or cultural, the CQ, can be, can be learned. Um, I, and, and I don't like I, I don't like bragging on myself here, but, but I am someone who can, um, I can relate to, I can relate to all types. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been the laborer. I've been the guy turning wrenches. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've been the, I've been the guy at the top. Um, I, I can, I can walk into just about any group of people and understand what they've, what they do every day, what, what their triggers are, what, what grinds their gears. Cause, cause I've done it. And I've, I've had that ability. I think my entire life, I, I was that kid in high school who had, you remember high school, it was full of grouping the popular kids, the computer kids, the sports kids, the, the just the nerdy kids. I could, I could kind of, wash between any one of those groups in high school um pretty pretty seamlessly um and uh that that has carried over um i i have a good friend who says who who worked in in corporate america for for much of his life who says pat you're you're a fifth floor executive um you you can hold your own in a boardroom uh but you know that laborer out there that's that's running the shovel you're just as comfortable with him as you are in the in the in the boardroom so that 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 cq my my point being that you can learn that you can work mm-hmm. on cq you can work on eq um the emotional intelligence kind of seeing whether or not and, and i need to work on my eq that's that that's something that i don't my irish temper um flares up and and i don't see what everybody else um is is feeling most of the time it's 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 about what i'm feeling and how you've wronged me or how you hurt hurt, hurt my business not the other side of the coin because there's always another side of the coin um so you know those those are those are strengths and and and, and weaknesses for many people um the other thing that i think that i uh i certainly enjoy it um, and I, you know, 11 years in business, I must be, I must be pretty, pretty good at it, uh, is, is the chase. I, I love the hunt. I love the chase. I love the kill. Um, it's, it's, it's after the fact when you have to start working with the people that you've just chased, hunted and killed, um, that, 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 that bogs me down. But that, that next opportunity, that next, um, 
kind of dream um, dream jobs. We tore down the Saturn V rocket facility out here in California. Uh, there's only one guy on planet Earth that can say that uh, he's torn down the facility that built the rockets that sent human beings to the moon. And he's on the phone with you right now, Scott. Uh, that to me is, you know, uh, shout it from the mountaintops. That's, that's, it's to me, you know, and I'm 38, 38 years old. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the future has, has in store for me, but today that's the pinnacle of my career. Um, the, 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 the rocket facility, N- nobody else on earth can, can say they did that. So, uh, that, that's that chase. Um, and then uh, I think, um, another another strength um certainly is 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 your ability or 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 my ability um to problem solve and think outside the box and come up with an idea uh or a solution that that everybody else is is struggling with um i i i gotten out of it because we're we're, we're working a federal uh, a federal regime at the moment um but every project has challenges every project has 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 changes um and i have a unique ability to kind of think outside the box and uh and come up with a solution that may not always be as economical as the as the easy way to do it but there's a reason the easy way to do it can't be done um and so that's i I think that outside the box uh perspective being able to to step back and and look at it um is 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 a unique um ability that you know unfortunately a lot of people don't possess so, well, you know, you you pointed out something that I think that is unique to a lot of construction executives, especially people who become uh, uh, the you know the CEO or the president of organizations, and that is um, that you have a you have a a business development or have a a background where you know you have that ability to communicate with people and that type of thing. And uh, I always joke around. And I always say, you don't see too many CFOs become CEOs. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of count, a lot right. of accounts out there that are pissed that I said that, but but it's it's true because those personal skills, having emotional intelligence, and those personal skills are so vitally important. Um, I heard, I was reading articles that eight you spend the reason most executives fail is because when you're not an executive, you spend 20 percent, 20% of your time leading people and 80% of your time doing stuff. And then it flips to 80, 20, once you become that C level position and uh, most people yep. are just not prepared for that, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and, and that actually, that that can be, so along those lines, Scott, that can be a, a strength or a weakness. Um, you, certainly you want it to be a strength, but surrounding yourself with people that you that you can lead uh but but that you don't have to uh coddle or handle Mm -hmm. um that 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 to me is a business killer 
is when you spend your time down in the weeds, um, working on the working on the problems instead of focused on the on, on the future. Um, that that you're you're the you're the the wind, the sails, and the rudder of your ship. Uh, and and if your crew aren't aren't sailors, um, and and they're all carpenters, you you gotta you know you, you, when the when when the wind cracks that mass you're you're good but when you've got to outrun that storm you're uh, you're in real trouble um and so i think of a, a skill that 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 young entrepreneurs thinking about doing this need, need to need to assess is do i have the ability to to weed out um the the pretenders um or, or do i have someone in <clears throat> in my wheelhouse or in my rolodex that can do that for me. I mean, there are a lot of people who can, who don't interview well um, on on both sides of that table, right? The, the guy asking the questions and the guy answering the questions. Um, and and so, you know, when you are looking for those kind of key positions, uh, it's it's very important to know what their strengths and weaknesses are, so that you can anticipate. All right, I got a superintendent who does not like confrontation. Uh, he's, he's, he's phenomenal at what he does, but he's not going to let somebody know that, that they're, that they're treating him poorly. Um, he, he needs someone to do that for him. And so you've got to, you, you've got to be able to anticipate the, the project you put him on. Um, is this going to be adversarial or is it going to be for the most part easier? Um, th- th- those sorts of things are, 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 I struggle with them certainly. Um, and and rely on other people to kind of tell me, yeah, this guy's this this guy's good. That that, that there's a there's a reason, Scott. They're looking for jobs. There's a reason they're on the bench, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and and you got to ferret that out and weasel, weasel that out. Why why are you not currently employed? But why are you? I posted an ad. Why are you responding to it? So. Um, <laughs> because underplaying pays too well. No. <laughs> sure. Well, that's, yeah, go, that's, that's going that's down a whole true. different road. We don't even need to go oh, yeah, down. No, but, no, but, no, uh, yeah. but, uh, well, um, I have one more question for you and then I want to go to the speed round where we kind of, uh, do a rating scale, but, uh, what personal and professional advice would you give to somebody who's really seeking a position like many of the positions you filled a, a senior level position within a, within an organization in construction. Personal and professional advice. Yes. Um, I, the, 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 the personal advice is don't take it personally. It's business. Um, it, 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 you're, you're going to have your feathers ruffled. You're going to, you're going to, uh, you're going to run into folks that are just, they're just there to push your buttons as far as you're concerned um, and, and have a thick skin um, and, and get up every morning ready to, ready to go back to it. If, if you can't compartmentalize uh, the, the adversarial issues in your life, you do not belong certainly in, in, in the industry but uh, but not at a at a higher level and and com- compartmentalizing um, the, the 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 noise around you um, is 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 something that that you have to be able to do 
um, professionally <clears throat> be the hardest, be the hardest worker. Um, it, it's, it's incredible how far you can go just on, just on hard work. I mean, at, at some point in time, you're gonna, you're gonna have, um, you're gonna have that, that moment where you're discovered as, as not as bright as you, as you play it or, or not as capable as you play it. But if you work hard every day, um, it's, it's incredible what, uh, what you can achieve. I, 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 that's a, it's a simple answer. God, I don't, I, I don't really have any, uh, kind of keys to, to success. Um, it, it's just getting up every day and, and putting one foot in front of the other and, and making sure that at the end of the day, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I, I worked my hardest today. Um, and, and, and I did it morally and ethically too. I, I, you know, that's a, that's a problem in this industry. Morals and ethics are just, they're, they're going down the drain. Um, more often than not, they don't exist. Uh, it's all about, it's all about the dollar. Um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, we, we all have a moral and ethical obligation to, uh, to, to, to try and try and make this industry better. Um, and, Cause and it definitely needs it. That's hard. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard every day you're slapped in the face with, 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 with just how corrupt this industry has yes. become and, and, I, and it's getting, it's, it's getting worse. Um, well, you bring well, up, a, I'll, I'll give you, go ahead. I'll give you an example very, very quickly. Uh, I had a, a settlement conference with a, uh, with a subcontractor who did not perform all of their, all of their work on a project. Um, and in the settlement conference, you know, his lawyer, my lawyer, he, he's, he's, he's there making excuses. He's got his estimator and his project manager there making excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but you didn't perform this work. Uh, and, and when asked the point blank question about why my price, why my contract stated what it did to him, um, his response was, and and I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Uh, he would rather admit to trying to defraud the federal government out of a change in conditions than give up any money in his settlement conference for work that he did not perform. That it in fact was not a change that he was claiming. Um, but he he and and you know the the, the lawyer kind of cut him off. But everybody heard him say, "Well, we were playing a game with the federal government." Oh my um, gosh! And so, it, yeah, you know that's that's what. That's, unfortunately, there, there's a lot of that kind of seediness in this industry, um, and and it doesn't always it doesn't always show itself on the on the come. You know, you got to dig a little bit. So, um, well, you know, something you said yeah. that that I just want to piggyback on is I I have a poster in my office that says. Uh, there's uh, there are ten things you can do that make you successful that require no talent, and one mm-hmm. of the top one is work ethic. <laughs> and I always yep. think about that because one of my guys is really hard worker, and uh, him he he was a tennis player in high school, and he was a a state championship tennis player, and uh, his sister was also a tennis player, and uh, 
And his dad said to me one time, cause we were working together and his dad said, well, um, you know, if, if he had, if, uh, if he only had talent, <laughs> So, and, and, yeah. but it was a, yeah. it was a good thing he wasn't trying to say something bad it was just like hey he has the work ethic and that's where he got where he was but uh, uh yep. so, sometimes when you have a talent you don't use all the other things you have you know so absolutely uh, but yeah. that's a good lesson <laughs> so let's go to our speed yeah. round here um so how this sure. works is we have eight different categories and you can rate them from a one to a ten one being the least important ten being the most important and they could all be tens you know, um, okay. uh, so I'm just going to throw a number. You just I'll, I'll throw something out there category. You throw me a number. And if you want to uh, further explain why you gave it that number, you can. So with okay. that said, we'll start with scheduling. Um, I'd give I'd give that a, an eight or a nine. But certainly, certainly for the federal government, mm. that is an eight or a nine. Um, it, your your schedule matters, um, and and it's very often hard to kind of sit there and and look forecast out. Uh, but when there are changes, they come back to that schedule. And what did your schedule say? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a that that's high. Estimating. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say that's a that's that's a seven or an eight. Um. Probably not as not as crucial as the scheduling. Um, estimators miss things all the time. Uh, it's just it's a fact of life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's how you it's it, it, it's more about how you make up for their misses than than, than the estimate. You want to have a good estimate. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's a that's that's a big part of of making money and being successful. But the, 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 just bound to make mistakes. So, um, and the next two categories, one is contracts, the actual physical contract, and one is contract administration, the actual execution of what's in the contract. So you can talk about those two. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put both of those at at, at 11s or 12. Um, I said earlier in this podcast, Scott, that. Uh, that 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 my mantra is know your contract. Um, it, it, I I have found in my in my career that they don't mean anything anymore. They're not worth the paper they're written on um, because no one cares what they say. Mm -hmm. But when you get to a courtroom, when you get to arbitration, when you get to mediation. The way you have administered that contract is how you make up for the deficiencies that have been that, that have been uh, realized during the project based on what that contract says. So if you have to give notice, you better have given notice. Um, the other party is going to ignore their con contractual requirements. They just are and when they do that's where you're able to able to win um because they're not administering their contract they don't know their contract they are are more messed up than you are and that's your opportunity for unfortunately it's 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 just 
you know, and, and this may be a pessim, pessimistic attitude, Scott, but, but it is, I, I think it's the truth. We are in a litigious world anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is a battle. Everything turns into a, into an argument. Um, know your contract, know what you're required to do under your contract, and then administer those requirements from that contract and you will prevail. To 11, 12, 13, I don't think there's a number high enough on those. <laughs> what about design? Um, so this IDIQ is a design build. Um, and design is, d- design's, design's important, but I'm not going to put it as high as, as, as estimating. I think, uh, I, I think it's probably a six, maybe a seven. Um, and again, in my world, in in demolition you know why do i have a design build demolition idiq i mean it's just it's it's silly Mm -hmm. uh but but the reason i rated it higher than 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 i would have is because with this you know the federal government likes to say oh there's a hundred million dollars over there let's try and get something on that demo mac that demo idiq that we wouldn't normally get because that money's not ours. Mm-hmm. And so you get, you get staircases and you get paving and you get, you know, windows cut into buildings. And you get this kind of construction phase. Let's upgrade the fire system, those sorts of things. And if you don't have a good design, um, that kind of a thing can end up costing a lot of money, um, especially to, to a contractor who's not, you know, that's not the world they, I, I, I tear stuff down. I don't, I, I, I don't build it. And there's a reason I don't build it. So my staircase at, uh, at the Saturn five rocket facility was designed per the code, you know, taking into account the air conditioning units underneath it. And it was taller and wider and bigger and more robust than, really it needed to be and that was a that was a cost that uh that i had not anticipated in that in that estimate um because we had to have a you know we had a we had a subcontractor build it and install it and that was a that was a pretty significant bust in in my estimate um because my design didn't account for you know the fact that this could have just been bolted directly to the building Mm -hmm. instead of instead of foundations and legs and platforms and you know all the things that end up happening on a on a steel staircase so accounting um if you're bonded it's a 10 uh if you don't want to pay uh well let me let me phrase that differently strat tax strategy uh it's a 10 um if uh, if you're a a small mom and pop shop, it's a ten simply because simply because you're the one doing it. Um, for 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 years of of my my startup, I was the guy sitting down on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and and entering costs into QuickBooks. I mean, it was it, it was horrible, um, <laughs> it's a- but. It, it, it's very important to know where you are, what your costs are, um, 
not not just simply for the third parties that are looking in on you, but for but for you, because when you run into changes and delays, you need to know what it costs to uh, to, to 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 recover that. Um, and so, are you fifteen thousand dollars a day? Or are you twenty thousand dollars a day? Does six percent overhead cover it, or do I need to go with a uh, w- with a daily rate um, and and charge them what it actually is? So every business is different, and so understanding your costs um, is a ten, absolutely a ten. Uh, it's so business- much for a lightning round. I've had something to say about every single question. You've asked. <laughs> well, 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 you know what? That's good because we have to understand the where you're coming from. Uh, business development, or and a lot of people like to talk about selling work. Yeah, um, that can that that's a uh, that's high, um, and and part of business development I think is uh, is 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 that EQ that that EQ that you either do or do not possess, but you can make up for a lack of EQ with a strong picture of your business. Um, I landed this IDIQ. I'd, I'd been a federal contractor for a matter of months and landed this IDIQ with a response to, you know, a request for request for price, uh, that was better than everybody else's. My, my, my business, I didn't have the federal experience that probably some of the other businesses had, but you know, that, that picture that I painted through through literal photographs, but 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 the the story as well, um, I I think is what 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 got us out here um, on this with, with the with the opportunity to tear down the Saturn V rocket facility. Um, I, I, my business development, my ability to to tell them what I had done and what I was capable of doing. Uh, was was better than some of the other contractors that were that were applying, and there were a lot. I mean, there were there were thirty or forty companies that showed up to the to the to the job block, um, and and six of us were selected. So uh, that that's a that's a big one, Scott. That's um, that that makes or breaks it. If you're if you're able to communicate to to your client, whoever that client is, what what you can do, um, it opens it opens doors. Um, and I, for, you know, I took that Delaware project and opened doors out and out. In, it, it, you just saw the, the doors opening out in green lights. Think of it as, as traffic down the road, green lights in front of the ambulance, um, based off your, your, your marketing ability. It gets okay. you foot in the door. Last but not least leadership. A hundred percent, a hundred out of, out of 10. Um, people want to be, they want to be led. They want to be, uh, they, they want to be assured that, that the guy on the rudder um, captaining that ship uh, is, is, is capable, qualified, um, and and your ability to bring somebody 
along. They may not have all of the skills that you have. They may not have all the abilities that you have. Um, but, but your ability to lead that person and, and bring them, um, bring them up in your company, uh, gets, gets paid back tenfold. Um, which is why I gave it a hundred, it's at 10 times 10. Um, it just, my my father my father told me a long time ago um and and it is i think 100% true you will work for more bad bosses than you do good bosses <laughs> yeah, that's um the the the, the 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 bad ones are a dime a dozen but when you find a good one stick to them um and so i try every day to be a good boss um, you know, my emotions get the better of me sometimes. Um, and, and that creates a, a dynamic in the office or a dynamic in the field that, that, that I end up having to repair. Um, but take, you know, that, that, that again, is take responsibility for it, own it, show them that you are accountable, um, because you're going to hold them accountable. Um, and, and that's, uh, that, that's big. It's big, big, big. Cause, cause there just aren't very many good ones um and so strive to be strive to be a good one well that's all i have for today all the questions i want to thank you uh patrick uh it was uh enjoyable uh i think you gave a lot of good advice for sure um it's interesting what you got planned for the future and uh, as i do with all my guests i want to give you the last word before i close it out I, I appreciate this opportunity, Scott. I've had a lot of fun. Um, who, who knew talking about yourself could be so, uh, so much fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting this project done that you and I are currently working on together. Um, and, and, and kind of picking that crossroads and moving, moving on down the road with, uh, with, with whatever the future holds. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think anybody listening out there that's thinking about uh, about doing this, if if you want to reach out to to Scott and get my contact information, I'd be happy to answer questions if anybody has it, because uh, I've had a uh, as I as I stated at the beginning, a unique perspective um, and a unique experience so far uh, in in this industry, and uh, am am happy to uh, to chat about it with anybody who's got. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Patrick. And, uh, you know, I know we took a hiatus there for a little bit uh, due to COVID on some of the podcasts we've been doing, uh, but we're back and we're better and uh, we're vaccinated, you know, so um, so uh, plan to see the podcast coming out on a regular basis again. And once again, thank you for your time, Patrick, and see you guys next week.